0: Lord, we thank you for this opportunity to come before your throne. And we thank you, Lord, for the goodness and mercy that always follows us when we obey you. And we thank you, Lord. We bless you. We praise you for this time that we have. You have ordained this time to be with you. And we thank you. We want to use it wisely, Lord. Impart to us what you want us to have. Let us uh, uh lock in so that we can remember the things and put them into operation. That when we leave this place, let us find something you gave us today that we'll put to use. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen and praise God. Amen. So I thought today we would talk about the intercessor and how God calls, uh, people to intercession because it, it is a calling. Now everybody prays. When you talk to God, that's prayer. And that's a wonderful thing. And, but there are some people that God assigns, um, through different ways. It's, it's, it's hard to know how everybody gets called, but there are people who we, what, the way we might put it, just phrase it, take it more seriously, you know what I'm saying, uh, more devout, more committed to it, uh, and, and in their hearts, they're, they're more given over to wanting to be responsible to God and wanting to uh, do it continually. Now, sometimes this will come upon you in stages. You'll find that, you know, you get concerned about family members and you find yourself going to the Lord on a regular basis. Uh, You know, the average Christian prays when they need something. You know, just, I mean, that's just the way people look at prayer. And there's nothing wrong with looking at it that way because God invites us to ask him, amen, for the things that we need. He being our father, he expects to hear from us. But then there are some people that that feel a desire, uh what we sometimes refer to as the burden. You know, I know a lot of times people, some words are so dramatic and overused, you know uh I would say it's an unction to pray and and it can be a burden as well because it's something that you can carry with you continually and feel that that you know you're connected to that issue in some way and uh, that there's something pulling you to work with that and work with God regarding those things uh, you need to be in a position where you can receive information from God freely, being baptized in the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues to me is essential. That is your spiritual equipment In fact, God told the disciples on the day of Pentecost not to go anywhere. Go don't preach to anybody uh, until you got, you know, wait for me to give you power from on high power for what power to do whatever. You know, power to do spiritual things on whatever level. He said, "If when you get this power, you will be witnesses. In other words, you'll be able to know things, see things, and tell about them. Amen. That's what a witness does. A witness is sees things, he has knowledge of things, and he's able to confess and tell about those things. And really, that's all we do when we preach the gospel. We we tell what God has done for us. That's the way you start. And, but there is power there and God will confirm it with signs following. So if you've been, been really saved, when you give your testimony, that plants a seed of salvation in another person and then that person can receive Christ just like you did. And so that's the first part of the witnessing, but the greater part is that you want signs following. So he says that we are to pray for the sick and they'll recover, cast out devils, all of those things to alleviate human suffering. You know, once you get saved, if there's no benefit to your salvation here on earth, you know, you can't, some people just don't see much point to it. That's where you see people drift off back into the world. Once they've been saved, you can pray with them to receive tongues. And they go right back to the world as though nothing's ever had, nothing changed, you know, because they don't understand the power there. You got to stay there long enough to find out what the power's for. And so once you uh, have been baptized in the Holy Spirit, the Bible says that you are endued or you are washed in power. There's a power within and a power without. And so the power within is there to instruct you and teach you and open up your understanding and empower you to do the works of God. And so once you receive that from the Lord, he wants to build on that. He wants to give you uh, instructions, give you assignments, give you work to do for him. Uh, it's a wonderful thing to be entrusted by God to do things for him. Imagine, the God who created the whole universe wants you to do something for him. So that he can be glorified, go out in my name, tell people I sent you. My goodness, you don't know a lot of people on the earth. It's a girl if you d do. now don't go nowhere talking about you know me looking like that. You understand what I'm saying. Most people will disown you before they own you. But God owns us all the time. He says, just go freely and tell people everywhere about me. Tell people that you know me and what I've done for you, and I'll back you up when I when you get there. That's so wonderful to be trusted with something so valuable like eternal life. And so there are many different ways that, that you perceive the call of God to intercession. Amen. Many different ways. There, one way is, is from the foundation of the earth you are called. You are called sometimes because of the gifting of God that's inside you. Whatever you put inside of you. All ministers are called to intercession. They don't all pray. They're always looking for somebody else to do the praying for the church. You ever notice that? You give the job to somebody else like they don't have time. Well, what you doing? They over at the gym? Flirting with somebody? Or at the spa? Getting a fake massage, all that kind of stuff, folks. They need to be praying somewhere they stay out of trouble. That's the way I look at it. If you're somewhere doing what God told you to do, you won't find too much time to get in no trouble. Amen. And so this is this is the thing that if prayer will keep you in a place of safety, it'll keep you in a place of availability to God, and it'll keep you in a place of power in God. Prayer will do that for you. So be thankful when God gives you something to pray for. Be thankful when he gives you a prayer assignment. Be thankful when God calls upon you to do work for him, because there's always a reward there. And it it is something that that's a holy calling. It's a just calling. It is a calling that that uh, will pay you great dividends in life. Anything you any seed you sow on behalf of the Lord will be rewarded you that's that's just true you're not praying just "Ah, i've been praying you know and i you know don't complain about anything god gives you to do you know be thankful he uses you some of the stuff you know most of us was cussing and drinking and smoking you know using our our members to glorify the devil now god wants to use you be thankful amen be thankful you know and and just be be available to god to do because the more you complain the less he uses you you let start let negative stuff spew out of your mouth all the time he'll just pass you by amen and so he wants people who will speak his word and who'll be encouraged and and know what it means to be chosen of god to pray that's a very very powerful office uh, to have. And some people will say, well, I'm praying so that I can get my ministry. Prayer is your ministry. And if you, if you are called a five-fold ministry, your first ministry is prayer and you never leave it. Amen. You never leave it. You always must pray. I remember, I, I remember hearing some ministers, uh, uh these were word of faith ministers and they were saying that Brother Hagan had prophesied, told them, uh, for, if they would spend an hour a day praying in tongues, um, you know, that he would it would lay a foundation for their ministry and he would, you know, cause them to excel and do great things and all of that. And I'm thinking just on one hour, a day, you know what I'm saying? I mean, it, it, it seems like a lot when you think about it all at one time. But if you think about sometimes you go through your day and you may be worshiping God off and on all day long. You can be praying in the Holy Ghost 15, 20 minutes, 30 minutes more. You usually clock in more than one hour a day. And I thought to myself, you know, for the way God has blessed some of those people and all they do is an hour a day, that's pretty inexpensive. You know what? It's it's not much at all. That's that's the way I look at it. And so, you know, now it's hard for me to take an hour all in one shot. It still is because that's not my pattern with God. My pattern has been to walk with God, which means I'm in touch with him all day long. If I sit and my mind wanders, I say, oh, Lord, I thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Bless you, Lord. And start to worship him and bring his presence in. You got me? It's best for me to live that way. And then if I need to, there are plenty of times I pray more than an hour in tongues. I got four prayer partners throughout the week and you got to pray all your your prayers. You got to get all your prayer done in that period of time. So it's not that I'm not engaged but just not engaged that way. You see what I'm saying? But I see what just one hour a day. When Jesus said, "Can you tarry one hour with me?" and they couldn't. But after got after they got baptized in the Holy Spirit, them brothers prayed all day and all night long. You got me? Because you need that help. You need that power. So the Holy Spirit enables us to do, to stay engaged with God, to stay connected with him. And you stay connected through prayer. You're, you're interceding. You're speaking to God. You're worshiping him. You're in his presence. You're in his company. He begins to speak things to you. He begins to say things to you, reassure you about certain things. Allow you to, to uh, listen to him and, and come apart to him. All of those things are part of your prayer life. Amen. So it's not just getting in God's face and demanding stuff and then going about your merry way. Prayer is a, a spirit of the Holy Spirit that comes upon us so that we can connect with God and, and perform work for God. This is, prayer is how you get work for God. That's how you work for Him. And so once you start to employ And work with the Holy Spirit in the spirit of prayer, you'll begin to see the great benefits that come from it. And because you see benefits, God gives you permission now to open the door for other people to benefit from it, and that's intercession. So intercession is when you stand in the gap for somebody else's need, amen, and yours included, but you are, are breaching a gap where, where they may not be able to connect properly with God for one reason or another. Sometimes it's lack of knowledge. Sometimes people just don't know God can do certain things. Sometimes you're praying for things that they desperately desire, but they don't know if they have the faith to believe God for it. And so God says where two or more of you agree. So you're agreeing with people. For things they need that they may not have the faith in God to get on their own by themselves. And so this is how we're a body. This is how we help one another. This is how we, we, uh, function to keep God's kingdom alive is through intercession. That's a major, major part of it. So you can be called to intercession. Like I said, uh, all ministers are intercessors. Uh, they may not recognize and, and operate in the office the way they think they should, want to delegate it to somebody else, but, but don't ever, you you not pray. If you're uh, any kind of a minister, you should have a very, very powerful prayer life. You should have, because you got other people depending on you, they're in trouble from time to time. and And if you don't know how to get in touch with God for them, how are they going to? Prosper and how are they going to? That's what good shepherds do. That's how you care for the sheep. Amen. You stand in that gap for them. You pray and, and as you pray, you can instruct them in how to pray. Like when I, we, we've always told people about this ministry when they come in here, this is not a prayer service. I mean, a, like a, a service to you and you drop off your birds and leave them with us. We teach you how to pray. See, we teach believers how to do the believer's ministry. That's what this ministry is set up for. We teach you how to pray for the sick. We teach you how to pray for, for the needs of your family, uh, the church, the city that you live in, and in every other part of the world. That's why we have the prayer time that we have, is so that you can employ yourself in that realm of prayer, so that you can get the benefit of it. You can show God that you're being faithful to pray, and then you can can uh get you can reap in your spirit the growth that you get from being an intercessor. Amen. Mostly when you see intercessors, they are not easily frazzled people. They're very confident people. They're very patient people. They're very peaceful people. Amen. Anybody who's running out with their hair on fire all the time, that's not an intercessor. You know what I'm saying? Come on now. You know what I'm saying. It's like, oh boy, here they come. They all wound up. How's she going to pray for me? You got me? And so you, because that comes with the spirit of prayer, because you know you have that confidence in God that is taken care of. See, that's, that's the sign of, of how do you know how you prayed? Amen. Let me see if I can find that for you. It's a common scripture. We all know it. In Philippians, Let me see which one it is. Where it says the peace of God. Philippians 4, uh, verse, in verse 6, says, be careful for nothing. In other words, don't let your hair be on fire running around upset about everything. Amen. It says, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God and the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall guard or keep your hearts and your minds through Christ Jesus. So his peace is strong on people who pray. You got me? So so that's how you know you've what we call reach God or you prayed through or you got through to God. you may start out being concerned about it, anxious, upset, nervous, but you go to God and you give him his word and once you have prayed and and left that burden with him, he gives you his peace in exchange for your burden. so you leave your burden he gives you his Peace. So that's covenant. Covenant is an exchange. You exchange what you can't use and what bugs you for His peace. And His peace is is His is is His um, a handshake that lets you know I'm taking care of this. Don't carry it anymore. Don't pick it up anymore. I've got it now. Amen. And and don't leave the throne room without his peace. That's what I tell people. People want to pray for a minute and then they start thinking about it, word, get up and walk around some more. Don't do that. I mean, we've all done it. Come on now, but we know better now. Amen. You've got enough word in you and you prayed enough prayers for enough time to know that you can walk in God's peace all the time. And and this is what's good about people who do pray. You know, I can remember when I every uh, meeting I went to, to to you know that was where where the saints were. I was nervous getting in there, and, and oh boy, I got to get in there so I can tell them about this and tell them, And one day it just dawned on me, Lord, I, how come I can be peaceful after I leave here and wound up? I said, what's going on between the time I leave here and the time I come back that I need to fix? so that i can be peaceful all the time so i didn't want to be a meeting junkie you know somebody just lives from meeting to meeting so they can calm you down you you need to be one i said i want that i want to take you with me everywhere i want to take this with me everywhere i go and and when i began to seek for it god showed it to me he said just just pray long enough to let all of that go and and uh, and I would I learned how to pray in the Holy Ghost until peace came upon me, Amen. You just get settled about it, and if it pops back in your mind, you pray in the Holy Ghost some more and get settled again. And I fought that demon down, the one that tried to make me anxious about everything, and 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 concerned about everything. Oh, what's going to happen here? What's going to happen? And all that stuff I used to wonder what was going to happen never happened, you know. God, even in his great mercy, even when I was nervous and, and, you know, hair on fire, you know, he would come in with his great mercy. Doesn't he say when you're when you're faithless, I'm yet faithful. I, I can't deny myself. So really, he's training us how to walk with him. He's training us how to stay close to him. He's training us how to be peaceful people, how to walk in the fruit of the spirit. And if we don't get it the first time, he's there to back us up. Amen? And show us. I told you I had this. You've been running around here, ain't been sleeping and acting crazy and you know, fasting and burning candles and doing all kind of crazy stuff, you know, and it, it, your holy water and went back to your Catholicism and all that kind of stuff. You called a Pope, whatever. You know what I'm saying? And and you done all this stuff and I'm still here and I still did it for you. So you can you can stay like that or you can take my peace and be peaceful and know that I'm working on your behalf. Amen. And so this is this is a a sure sign of someone who has who has successful intercession, that they can remain peaceful at all times. Amen. And people come to you and they all wound up and, and, you know, I don't know what I'm going to do. I said, well, God will take care of it for you you understand what I'm saying and I mean that that's not like a calm down we don't do that amen when i tell you god's going to take care of it i believe he's going to take care of it cuz he's assured me he will amen and i believe him he takes care of everything amen and so this is this is one of the um signs of intercession Is that peace that passes all understanding. Amen. That's how you know that you've gotten through to God, that you've released that burden to Him and He has picked that up and you don't have to pick it up again. Now there may be times where it'll come back to your mind and you decide you want to pray a few more minutes about it. You want to pray. You'll pick up that little knot on the inside where you feel like you, you know, it's like I always, I call it a a rock, a stone. You know, sometimes it's like you swallowed a stone and it's sitting in the middle of your stomach and you pray against it. And when you get peace that you bust it through that thing, then you're all peaceful. See, that's the burden of God. It, it must it has to register with you in your 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 a physical man in some type of way. And your spirit is down here. It ain't up here. This little bird's nest up here, just take that off some days and sit it on the dresser. Well, I guess I could do that, too. I ain't talking about your wig. I'm talking about your head. (laughs) But you know what I'm talking about. Just take your head off and sit it on the dresser, if you could screw it off. Because your mind will give you torment day and night if you, you know, sit up and listen to it. But God is speaking to us down here in our spirit. So what's going on in your mind, God may have it register in your spirit that, okay, you need to pray about this because, you know, this isn't, you know, resolved yet, spiritually speaking. And so if he gives you a burden to pray for something, you you pray for it until it lifts. You know, you got to learn how to stay with it because when you receive the gift of tongues, that gift is going to work to move every burden out of your spirit that ever gets dropped in there. Amen. It will do it, but you gotta stay with it. You can't pray in tongues for three minutes and then, ah, 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 you know, this is you to back your hair on fire again, you know? And, and so you gotta stay with it long enough. Ooh, it's been, I've been praying five minutes already. Don't get alarmed. Wait till you've been at it a few hours. You know what I'm saying? God just ain't dropped that on you yet because he knows it's gonna send you up, a, a, you're gonna be swinging from the chandeliers too. Amen. If you ever get that and you, you don't think you can handle it. And so there, there are times you're going to have to exercise your spirit beyond where. And, and God has helped for you. You know, a lot of times he'll tell you, he said, well, call so and so and ask them to pray with you about this. We're a body. You got me? And and you know you tell me what what's what's beneficial is it better for you to carry 50 pounds in one package or are you to find three people and give them give them 15 pounds apiece to carry it got me so that's why he gives us help he'll tell us to call certain people or he'll tell us to share this with so and so and ask them if they'll pray if something comes up uh something new comes up you know and and be be grateful he he put your name on somebody's lips you know i know people who get disturbed when people ask them to pray for certain things you know you just don't know how to handle um, um god's trustworthiness over your life see when somebody calls you and asks you to pray for them that's a sign god considers you trustworthy you know, don't be so you know caught up in yourself, you all that. You understand what I'm saying? Always humble yourself, you know, and pray and and seek the Lord about things. You know, I I remember God. You know, He's corrected me many times. I mean, when you work for God, you get a lot of correction, cause you need it. You know, we we all trying to find our way in the this dim light that we have called Christianity. You know what I'm saying? And uh I was, I was on the phone and, and there was a young man that somebody had asked me, uh it told, asked me if, if they could call me because they had a concern about something. And the person called me and I, I just didn't like his attitude. I just put it that way. It, it rubbed me the wrong way. And, um. He was saying, well, I just wondered if God had a word for me. And my first thought was, no, that was me. And God told me, he said, you straighten up here. He said, you know, this young man needs help and I want to help him. And he made me prophesy to him. You know, it, it that did several things for me. Number one, it let me know. That I don't have to be all holy for God to use me. Like I earned the right to, I'm all that and that's why He uses me. And He let me know you can straighten up real quick so you don't have to stay, keep an attitude about nothing, you know, you can drop it real fast. And I never forgot that. And I've always endeavored to keep Keep attitude away from myself because you never know when God wants to use you, and that that let me know I belong to God. my time was not my own, I have nothing to offer anybody outside of what He gave me to offer them and to act like it you got me so God'll straighten you out of a lot of little crazy stuff you didn't think you had or you didn't think it was that much of a problem you understand what I'm saying it'll keep you from getting attitudes about people. You know, there've been days I'll I'll be thinking about stuff and some will run past my mind about something that happened and and I'll find myself still being angry about something and I stop. I say, God please, can you help me? No, no, this ain't right, God. This is not right. I could be communing with you. I could be talking to you. I could be fellowshipping with you. And here I am stewing about nothing. Because it don't mean anything. It's all been dealt with by his blood. And so when God calls you to pray or calls you to intercede, you'll have to learn how to live close to him. You, you understand what I'm saying? Don't, don't, don't take yourself aside so you can reminisce about some nonsense that happened so long ago. And holding grudges against people and look at what they did and how they they don't, they ain't right. They did this. They did that. You know, that's probably all true, but you ain't got time to be, that ain't your business. You know, he didn't give you uh uh access to his throne room so that you can keep a lot of junk going on in your mind. And so you got to learn how to keep short accounts, you know, forgive instantly. Things happen you say god i forgive that person please forgive me for sitting up thinking about it for too long you got me just just stay straight stay good with god allow yourself to to talk over with god these things these these flaws these shortcomings there it's important to keep them out in the open because you start you know it's like uh chatting with somebody uh you got a passenger in your car and you ain't sure what they might do. Well, keep them in the front seat behind, beside you. So you don't put them in the back seat because you don't know when they're going to sneak up on you and what they're going to do. So it's, you know, it's your, your, your bad attitudes are like a car passenger. Keep them up there on the front seat where you can watch them. Amen. You put them in the back seat. They start talking to you and you start agreeing with them and you start going down the wrong road. You got me. And, and so it means like that. You don't don't ever deny. To, I don't do that. Girl, you don't know what you might do. The wrong place at the right time with the right person or the wrong person. You have no clue what you might do. And so just just learn how to live close to God, live by faith, try to be as acceptable to him as you possibly can and find those little points of contact that will draw you right back to God again. Amen. You know, if it's if it's just thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Lord, I thank you. You know, you just carry that around with you all at all times and and begin to connect with God. That will get him close to you it'll shock you you don't have to i gotta get some time you got in you had all the time in the world because you ain't gonna do no more with time than you are gonna do walking around you understand what i'm saying you know you get a lot of time you won't know what to do with that you you might as well talk to god on the fly amen just talk to him on short notice just start to worship him a little bit and draw close to him let him draw close to you See this this is necessary, how you think you stay out of trouble by staying close to God? He's there for you to stay close to, and when the Bible says he's a present help in trouble, that means draw him closer to you. He's right close to you, but you got to invite him in. Can't leave him on the outside forever. Amen. He knows what you're doing anyway, so it ain't like easy he don't know what's going on. He knows everything. He still loves you, still wants to use you, amen, and still forgives you of everything. So so God wants us to to respond to his invitation to intercede. Whether you have a a lot of intercession to do, a little bit, or whatever you know, you can describe it any kind of way you want to. But everybody in this ministry is called to a life of intercession. I don't know how people walk away from me. Well, they don't do well when they walk away. This is the other thing, because God's empowered them with certain knowledge and certain understanding. You go somewhere and try to forget about what you learned, won't go well for you. Amen? God's still holding you accountable for the same little bundle of prayers we do every Saturday. Everybody who's ever walked through those doors and started out doing that, he's still holding them accountable for it. See, I would hate to be them on that day. And God said, well, what did you do with that ministry I gave you? Do you understand what I'm saying? He says that to everybody who stands before him. We got to give an account. Habakkuk says that. You got to give an account for them prayers. You know, this ain't just church. In fact, a lot of what they call church ain't church. It's entertainment. It's entertainment unless you want to go be entertained and most of y'all once you've lived a life of prayer and praying for god you couldn't stay in one of them churches five minutes because i've seen people they go they leave here get mad at me and leave here i don't know why they never get mad at pastor shirley they always want to blame me for everything i'm the big bad wolf you understand what i'm saying want a character assassinate me And then they they go get on Facebook and show their new church. And then pretty soon they ain't there no more. See, It's a one-shot deal. See, because you're used to a different anointing, a different atmosphere, everything. You can't just go diving with them. You look at them people and you know the pastor's in the flesh and sweating and calling himself preaching his heart out. And everybody's just rah, 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 the rah, rah people jumping up and all that kind of stuff nobody get healed nobody no altar call they use the altar for a stage y'all know it's the truth you understand see it's good to just humble yourself and stay where god puts you amen god them people driving me crazy at church but are you driving them crazy too We drive each other crazy, but we still love each other. We still work for God, so it's just that's just life. Uh, All you're doing is describing life. It's not a big deal. If God shows up every time we get together, it must be all right. And if it's okay with Him, it should be okay with everybody else. And so, as as intercessors, you know, you and you have this warfare to fight. About staying connected or disconnecting. The devil loves to disconnect people. Amen. It gets you to where you don't trust anybody. You know all this kind of stuff, and and nobody understands me, and all this guy. You ain't that hard to figure out. You understand? Well, you ain't that deep. Come on now. like everybody understands you. You know you praying in tongues every now and then. You think you deep? So I mean that's just kind of common, isn't that right? <laughs> got a little got a little gifting little gifting emphasize little <laughs> hey we all working on it there's stuff i'm trying to to get to the bottom of you know understanding wise. so but but we're working on it amen and god is working with us and it's all good it's all good so so uh the intercessor that is god's volunteer amen it's god's volunteer it starts out that way <clears throat> go to isaiah chapter six and we'll see the call to intercession how it begins at god's throne excuse me, how he sends out the call. In Isaiah chapter 6, we'll start in verse 1. This is uh, God calling Isaiah to the ministry. Now, you've got to understand that all prophets are intercessors. Now, in the Old Testament, the prophet was the only minister. You know, they had a priesthood as well, but he was the only what we would call five-fold minister. Uh, God has always raised up people as spokespersons for him. Somebody that he can entrust with his message to the earth his message to a select people, his message to a specific people. So he has always raised up a mouthpiece in the earth, and he always will as long as the earth remains. Amen. And it says here, in the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord also sitting upon a throne high and lifted up, and his train filled the temple. Above it stood the seraphims, each one had six wings. With two he covered his face, with two he covered his feet, and with two he did fly. And one cried to another, saying, Holy, 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 is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is filled with his glory. And the posts of the door moved at the voice of him that cried, and the house was filled with smoke. Then said I, woe is me, for I am undone, because I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. For mine eyes have seen the king, the Lord of hosts. Then one, uh, then flew one of the seraphims to me, having a live coal in his hand, <clears throat> which he had taken, with the tongs from off the altar and he laid it upon my mouth and said, Lo, this has touched thy lips. Your iniquity is taken away and your sin purged. This is the first order of business for doing business for God. You must be sanctified and made holy. Your sin must be purged. So you must be born again. Amen. And so back in the day, this is what God did for those that he called there was a a point where they were considered to be set apart for god you had to be your sin had to be dealt with had to be parted from you and you had to be deemed holy by god so you can't just jump up and start prophesying to people and calling yourself a prophet you understand what i'm saying all these self-proclaimed people that that stuff is dying so fast it's pathetic because i see it myself with my own eyes i said well lord i see you do have a plan he said yeah don't ever worry about what i'm doing he said i take care of my business you understand what i'm saying so we always saying well all these false people out here what's gonna happen here what's going that ain't your business You just keep doing what God called you to do. Keep your mind focused on what he has you about, and you maintain righteousness. You find out how to live for God so that you can stay holy. This is a big problem for God's people. Amen? Because we tend to drift here and drift there, and pretty soon we forget these experiences we had where God set us apart and sanctified us. And he says, your sin is purged. Also, I heard the voice of the Lord saying, whom shall I send and who will go for us? Then I said, here am I, Lord, send me. Now, this is how intercessors are called. There's a call from the throne of God saying, who shall I go and who's going to go for us? In other words, God always speaks of himself in the plural, amen, because he is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen. There's a trinity there, and so God always, and this is always a sign that the one true and living God is speaking, because he never speaks of himself in the singular. It's always, there's a reference to God the Father, a reference to the Holy Spirit. They always give uh, uh, reference in, 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 to one another so that they're identified as the one true and living God. And, and he said, whom shall we send and who shall, and he says, here am I, send me. Righteous people will always respond positively to a need from God. Write that down. That's how you got to be an intercessor or watchman. Out of your righteousness, you saw a need or God revealed to you a need and, and it was like, well, who's going to take care? God, I'll do it. God, I'll do it. Don't worry about it. God, send me. Let me do it. Let me, let me go. Now, in those days, it was ascending. In these days, it's a burden that's given to you. Amen. As an intercessor, you are given a burden and, and God puts that upon you so that you can carry that and be effective for him in the earth so it's all but it's always a response on the person all of you at some point responded in the affirmative to god's question about who's going to pray who's going to do this who's going to do that you understand what i'm saying many times we do it in the spirit like you know those songs where where they say yes say yes lord we say yes lord you don't even know what you said yes to you just signed away your whole life to work for god you're you're yes to him that's a blanket yes you ain't just yes to, well yeah i'm free on uh saturday well i ain't free on that he don't care about that he don't care about your schedule you don't have a schedule anymore when you belong to God, he, you know what he did? He, he put it on the altar and it said poof. He burnt it up. Your plans, poof. Burnt them up. Amen. You want that stuck on what you wanted to do anyway. You really, the truth be told, you know what you want to do. Most people really don't. They have a vague idea. You know, and usually wind up. If God gave you everything you wanted, you'd be on your prayer, your knees, twenty-four-seven praying, trying to hold it together. Huh? That's why He said, "Let me, let me, let me show you something." You think you got plans? I got plans. You want to see plans? I'll show them to you. Amen. He's got plans to have you cover the whole earth with His glory. Amen. He just does, and so you find out your little plan pales Well, I I just wanted a, a, a house, and a car, and a job, and two kids, and a dog. God said, "Poof," blew all that up. I'll show you plans. I got plans for you to circle the earth, praying for me by the Spirit. You don't even have to leave leave your bedroom. I'll have you go all over the world praying for me and working for me Or roberts said that he he uh, saw himself preaching in uh, somewhere in asia i wouldn't want to say china but i but i but i'm thinking at that time that country was was you couldn't preach there and he was preaching to a bunch of ministers and he said the next day a minister sent him like a telegram or something thanking him for coming there and preaching for them he ain't been on no airplane he ain't been nowhere but in his bedroom and he didn't you you know and it, this is this is the way god does business he care less about you know all this people say well i i, I gotta wait for the money to come if you really want to work for god he he got all the money and there ain't nobody richer than he is. You know, we go around begging people for the what they got and they ain't got that much and, instead of going to the source. God can send you somewhere and you don't have to leave your bedroom. Amen. So so he's just looking for us to say, yes, Lord. And not be scared, not be nervous and not hold back. So at some point, all of you in here have said yes to to the burden, to intercede, and to pray. Amen? Now, you may think you can do it when you want to, but there's nothing in God's kingdom that's on that basis. We don't have part-time Christians. We don't have PRN, if you, if you want, from the medical world. Amen? Whenever needed, you need it all the time. And you don't call the shots on when you need it. This is a committed. Listen, he did everything for you. Gave his life, shed his blood, took a beating. You should be on that cross. And he took you down and and took your place. So is there anything too much for him to ask for you? Well, you get a chance to prove it. (laughs) He don't believe you do. You you're going to do nothing till you do it. It's called faith faith without works is until you do something he don't believe you're going to do it so you can save all of that that's that's all good confession is good but follow it up with some work follow it up with some action as my dad used to say make me know it (laughs) amen make me know it amen so he says who shall go for us then said I here am I send me see that's that's the result of righteousness when anybody who's born again will say that when god asks who who wants to do so and so you ever you you ever seen uh uh like when when you first get started in a church or a meeting or something and you want volunteers to do something everybody in the church volunteers you know people righteous people do that They they shoot their hand up. They want to go do this, want to go do that. Of course, on the day when the assignment comes, you can't find 5% of them. But in their righteousness, they commit it. See, it's up to God to help them to keep the commitment. See, the, the preacher can't do that. You understand what I'm saying? God has to follow through. And show them how to keep their word, how to be people of integrity. Because righteousness will make you sign up for everything. I mean everything every day. I don't wanna do that, I wanna be all excited, no. when it, it, it let a little time go by. And then God remind you, remember you told me you were gonna do talking to me, you talking talking to me. Talking to me. Go De Niro, full blown De Niro on him, you know, with attitude. I can't do that. I got so and so. You know, I used to love, I used to watch people, you know, and they were all excited about God until he told them to do something. They didn't want to do it. They'd rather do something else. You know, it's like, well, I can't neglect my family. God wouldn't make me. You were so far from neglecting anybody in your house. That ain't even a, a remote possibility. <laughs> but all of a sudden, God is causing you to abuse your family. And you volunteered to do it. He's just calling, calling in the marker. You know, you left him a barker that said, I'm, I'm available. He's calling it in. Let me, and let me tell you this other thing too. It's never gonna be an easy time when he asks you to do it. It's never gonna be a convenient time. He's always going to interrupt something else you wish you were doing. You'll always be like that until he breaks you of that spirit. He's not a God. He don't want your convenient time. He wants prime time. Are you kidding me? Really? Now, he'll start out taking your little spare moments because you don't know no better. You don't know who you're messing with you understand what I'm saying? We all know no better. You know, I said, oh, I'm going to go over there. I'm done with my work. I guess I'll go do something for God. Like you really doing something. Well, you done everything else you wanted to do first. Now he going to start coming for prime time. What you going to do then? Huh? Oh, yeah. Everybody quiet now right ain't no no not so much here am i lord send me remember that yeah i want to go send me send me (laughs) we had the biggest challenge you know we really prayed to to ask the lord to help people to accept the way our ministry was run because you you had to take your little extra money and pay for a bus seat and go somewhere and be sleepy we didn't ask you to drive you understand what I'm saying? You know, for a while, people were, were you know, reluctant. Then they got used to it. Then they were happy to hop on the bus. You know, they'd be sleeping out in their cars till the bus <laughs> came up. And, uh, and then they get, and this was always a sign to me, all of a sudden, oh, I can't go down with the bus. I got to work. I got to drive. So you know what that meant they didn't want to come anymore and eventually they didn't come anymore you got me and why do you think i put people on the bus because i didn't believe you was gonna get there if you drove and most of y'all wouldn't have showed up if you drove come on now if you want to get some work done for god you got to have a plan to get it done i didn't care anybody, anything about people. Uh, you know how you got there except that you got there and i found the most secure way to get you there is bring everybody at one time because the stragglers will come uh, a day late once all the heavy work is done and leave early oh i can't stay and pack i gotta be i gotta go to work in the morning huh You know, sometimes I would, would want to have an altar call for liars. So all you liars, raise your hand. You come there and just slap everybody all the way down. <laughs> Thought you were going to get prayer. You're going to get a righteous slap. You understand what I'm saying? Uh-huh. Then people wonder why I ain't in a good mood all the time. It's a little tough. Because you don't pray for me to stay in a good mood. You're plotting all the time to get away make my life harder you understand what i'm saying we deal with people folks you dealing with people you trying to do work for god amen so it was my job to keep everything going you got me and everybody else do their part if i could count on y'all to do y'all part i was good you know i didn't get no problem out of me (laughs) we all good you know but but you got to make it work You've got to have a plan to make it work. Just got to, or it will not get done. We'd have been another ministry casualty. Well, we used to have them meetings twice a year, but, you know, over the years. Until COVID, we had them twice a year. Do you understand? By the grace of God, we had, you know, I could tell when people was getting funny, they started getting mean and mad, get an attitude at me. You couldn't please some people, you know. You turn cartwheels and flips. They was mad. If you just was peaceful, they was mad, you know. So, you know, you, you just tell when people are in their hearts, resentment starts to build up. You know. And why do people resent? It's something they wanted from God they didn't get yet. They always, you know, and God he had to teach me. He said, and I, I, I got over it real quick. He showed me in the Bible, he says, they have not rejected you. They rejected me. You just in the way. Do you understand me? So they've rejected God on some level. How do I know that? When they leave here, they don't go to church anymore. They don't go to nobody's church. They just go back home or wherever they came from. You see. But it's something they're they disappointed. They can't walk out the the life of faith to the next step. They don't want to take another step. If I don't get this, God ain't real. If I don't get this, it's not worth it. If I don't get this, you know, the devil starts hammering at them. And people don't know to to get in their word more. They don't want to do that anymore. They're just convinced it's not going to happen for them, which is sad. Because people need to try harder to stay faithful to a God who's done everything for them. You know, it's like, remember the days you didn't, you didn't even know how to dress to come to church. And God brought you and and let people love on you and, you know, give you clothes, which you never wore. You know, we had some little girl here, I buy her long jacket. I don't like my clothes that long. I said, I know Satan, that's why I bought it. I mean, you know, you want to say that. You understand what I'm saying? But you still got to try working it. You got to try working it because that's a soul that Jesus died for. If you could get them over the hump on this one thing, you know, they might make it. you understand what I'm saying? Now, I didn't buy clothes any different from her than I bought for everybody in here. I wasn't trying to dress her special or homely or nothing, but she isn't. I don't wear my clothes. know you don't. You should. <laughs> but when you're called to intercession, you're called to live holy. You just can't live any kind of way and Go to God's throne continually. and He see you and he receive your prayers. It's a it's a work of righteousness. Isaiah didn't feel right about being sent anywhere until them hot coals touched his mouth. And the angel let him know his sin was purged. So when righteousness comes upon you, it motivates you to live differently, to live right. I've got all this energy from God. What do I do with it? That's the first thing that often comes to people, especially when the first time you get baptized in the Holy Spirit. You pray in tongues. You get, you, you, the world expands. Your eyes open up. You begin to see the glory of God. You begin to see great possibilities in God. Your faith excels. You have a greater level of faith than you've ever had before. And then there's a mandate on you to want to do something with that. It's like I've been changed. God's changed me. I got God inside. I can't live like I used to live. I can't do the same things I used to do. And that's the first thing that comes to you. And that's why Isaiah volunteered to be sent. Because righteousness came upon him. And he knew that he knew that he knew that his life was different. It's not going to be the same thing. Amen. It's going to be different. And so he gets his assignment. Amen. Right off the bat. God tells him to go and tell this people, hear ye indeed, but understand not. See you indeed, but perceive not. What a message. In other words, I'm going to tell you something, but you're not going to understand it. I'm going to open your eyes to something, but you're not going to be able to see it. Amen. Now, we don't have messages like that anymore. Everybody's that's born again is in the light, and if they're not born again, they can be. So it's, it's very possible they can see and hear and perceive. And he says, make the heart of this people fat and make their ears heavy and shut their eyes, lest they see with their eyes, hear with their ears. So judgment is coming, in other words, and he has to let the people know that. Now, prophets are called... To preach mercy and judgment. You notice I say mercy and judgment. People that, you know, you see on Facebook with gloom and doom all the time, they, they ain't got that from God. You understand what I'm saying? You don't like watch people walk off a cliff without warning them. So it's gotta be a warning first before, and out of your mouth before you go judging people and all that crazy stuff. And so, <clears throat> Is it, you know, you can tell those are immature people. They haven't seen much. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You wait until you've seen half the people that, that you respected with TV ministries get caught doing something wrong. Over the years, you just add them up and, and watch them. You understand? And it's not that you're looking for anything. But there's trouble out there if you're serving God. Do you understand what I'm saying? And... and you watch how God treats people when they stumble and when they fall. God wants them restored. He's not quick to throw people away. So, you know, you have preaching doom and gloom, and God's going to judge America, and he's judging this, he's judging that, and all that kind of stuff. We're still here, still praying. Amen. You're still seeking to save souls. That's done to immobilize people. You tell people judgment is coming to discourage them from trying to do anything else, but sitting up watching for something bad to happen. It's not your job as a Christian. It is never your job. You're not to watch. We don't rejoice in iniquity. We rejoice when truth prevails, when right and truth prevail. Amen. That's what we look forward to. I want to see something good happen. I don't want to see anything bad happen. So so uh, God then wants to to send us in 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 when this sending really has to do with spiritual things first. Amen. And then you go into all the world and preach the gospel. So he sends you by way of intercession. You've got to pray things through first. You don't just jump up and start doing stuff. And expect God to, you know, I did that when I was a brand new Christian. I thought, oh, you know, all you got to do is get these people and lay hands on them and God heals them instantly. Well, it didn't happen. So I went back to the drawing board. I didn't quit. And I didn't keep at it and try to make it happen. (laughs) It was a very humbling experience. I said, oh, God, I see it don't work like that. You know, you just don't go through the motions. And God showed up. But he started telling me about an unction. That's what you gotta have. Unction comes from relationship with God. There's no shortcuts to spending time with God. You can't just jump up and go doing stuff for Him. And you don't have instruction, you don't have teaching, you don't have knowledge, you don't have understanding. So many things. You gotta learn how to work with the Holy Spirit. Amen. However God calls you to work with Him. You know, as as we have learned more about the word, about faith, and get more understanding, God is dealing with us more in the realm of understanding. But in Isaiah's day, the Spirit would come upon them and so control them that that they were able to speak as God would have them speak and stop. Amen. He doesn't work with us like that anymore. He works with us through the endowment of power from on high. And he wants our spirits trained so that we can work with the word of knowledge and the word of wisdom and the gift of prophecy so that we can work with the Holy Spirit to affect whatever change God wants in the earth. But there are many people that worked with God just through going through the motions. There are a lot of people like that. There were many people that worked with God just through uh speaking his word and believing that he would bring his word to pass, you know, and and they had no particular gifting or anything like that. But they had tremendous healings because they believed believers should just go and preach the gospel, go tell them, sit there and read the word to them. Brother Hagen said he did that many times for years to get people healed. Just read the word. Gloria Copeland, look at the the level of ministry she grew to and all she did. Well, we're going to open up the word. She read the same scriptures. every. I said, how does she do that? You know, and people just popping up healed all over the place. Amen. So there's so many ways to work with the Holy Ghost. And and, in but in these days, we are working from knowledge and understanding. And revelation, which is so wonderful, because then you can understand how God is working. You ain't going to get all of it, but you'll get enough of it so that you can be successful in it. When you pray, you'll know when something's done. You won't be guessing as to whether or not, God, are they going to get up out of that deathbed or they going to stay there? No, when you pray, you know. Even before you even go in to pray, you know. You go from a position of confidence in God and knowing he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Amen. Now, if there's ever any change, he will let you know if there's a change, but you don't go assuming that it's different. You just assume it's going to be the same as it's always been. He wants these people well. Let's pray for them to get up and, and get moving. Amen. And so God, God will do that. He's, he's the same God. He'll, he wants his people to expect him to move and expect a miracle, expect people to be healed, expect success and expect what it is that, that he has, has promised that, that will be given. Amen. So, uh, <clears throat> there is a, 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 sending or commission of a sent one and, and, that's the intercessor. Hear my send me. You don't go anywhere physically necessarily, but you go to the assignment that God has for you. Amen. Whatever that is. And it always starts in prayer. All the prophets were people of prayer, Old Testament and New Testament. Amen. And so these this is this is the the thing. You find prophets that don't pray and don't like to pray and They're not doing much for God. I don't know how they could even know the spirit of God if they don't have relationship with him through prayer. You know, that's that's just that just makes sense. That's how you get to know God and his word. You know, you got to stay in the word. You got to be looking for for what you need in this book right here. You're not looking elsewhere. You're looking in here for what you need. Amen. And so and whatever God gives you must be verified through the word. So we we have to find a foundation. We have to set a foundation of prayer and watching. And it's essential for ministry. For sent ones like intercessors, sent ones like prophets, sent ones like apostles, evangelists are sent ones. Amen. They are to go into all the world and take the message that God has for them. The more effective their prayer life is, the more effective they are. They will set up whatever ministry you do in the natural or in the physical is always worked out through prayer first. That's always worked out through prayer first. So people will say, well, prayer is a foundation. No, prayer is the ministry. Because once you pick up that life of prayer, you should be able to go through confidently in the things of God. Amen. Amen knowing what God will do. And if you're not sure, you seek God to give you clarity on what he's doing and, and give you peace about which direction to go. And so being a, a one that is set by God, who volunteers, who will go for us, here am I, Lord, send me. That's the person that God has, has given the burden to intercede, that's given the job to intercede, That given the work of intercession. So all of you know that any time you have a job, you don't just go one time, and you don't go when you feel like it. You have an assignment. You 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 are assigned to it. Amen. And if you didn't know it before, you know it now. So you you got to follow through on these things. You can't just quit praying because well, I had a prayer partner, but they don't call me. Did you ever ask you to get another one? Thought not. There's no reason anybody should go bounty hunting looking for you because you ain't praying. You should miss something. If you're not praying, you should know it. And if you don't know it, it's going to show up somewhere in your life. Because you don't, you can't cheat on this. You don't get nothing for free in this kingdom. You got to sow seed for everything that you get. But I can tell you this much. If you take up the, the mantle of prayer and you stay faithful with it, things that you look back on and say i used to have to wait for so and so and such and such and now it shows up before i even ask for it god has given it to me before i eat i can even form my lips for that amen that's the privilege that you have as an intercessor amen you have blessings that people you must get it because if you're not doing it you understand, people who don't live this life don't live at the level you live at. They don't have the level of con- you watch people. They don't have the level of confidence in God. That's why every time something goes wrong, they call you. You ever wonder about that sometimes? It's, well, how did this? Ha- how does this happen all the time? And you're you're uh, an average lay person, and they're ministers, and they depend on your prayers. Go figure. You got me? So, so there's an anointing on your life. There's a grace on your life. And there's a privilege in God on your life that people recognize in the Spirit. And if they don't recognize it, God will point it out to them. He'll just tell them, you you better call so-and-so for this one. You better let so-and-so know you need help. You got me? Don't sit up there and try to act like, I got it, I got this, you ain't got nothing that's the way you live you got a lot to learn too amen because you've got to have it the way god wants you to have it Amen. just and i i don't believe in lone ranger intercessors you know they don't go to church they don't go here they don't know you know just sitting up in front of the television get real god doesn't help his body outside of his body amen. We're, we're all connected. You gotta be, have your place in the body of Christ before God will honor or even give you an assignment. A lot of people's just making stuff up. Hallucinating, as they say. You know what I'm saying. Seeing all this stuff and I saw this and I saw that. and You know. And they got, you know, people are, they people will open doors for them to get up and and start telling what they saw and you know putting on their shawl and prophesying and all come on y'all let's just get real here you know it it ain't like that god god is more reasonable than what he does and the burdens he has us carry so i thought we would pray for the persecuted people uh because there's so much of it now um that we're we're Listening to um, uh, you know the 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 Israelis, Palestinians, everybody thinks they're a victim, you know, a victim of the other person, and uh, it's 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 a mess. The der- devil stirred up a hornet's nest, and he wants people to continue to fight. He is not he is not satisfied if people can live peacefully. And he really wants people to stay at odds of each other, and and um, uh, you know that kind of thing. So he can always have something to accuse us uh, before the throne of God. You know, he just likes to to um, to keep stir people uh, trouble stirred up, people stirred up. And there's a certain element of people that are just agitated all the time. They have no rest. Uh, they've been demonized, um, you know, demon, uh, influenced a lot of them through indoctrination. Uh, you gotta understand that our, uh, institutions of higher learning and even elementary and, and secondary schools are being infiltrated with people that don't teach them anything. Uh, you look at the scores of, of, uh, reading, math and all of that way below normal and that's in America and the amount of money we spend per year on each student is outrageous for the return that we get where many of them aren't even capable of doing high school level work now you know and they're in high school they can't even do grade school level work why because they they're being told certain things instead of being told how to read, how to write. That's why children are so rebellious in school. In a way, you can't blame them because they're not being taught anything. And in the few areas where they are being taught, there's there's kids there to disrupt things, to make it bad for the ones that want to learn. And don't talk about taking your kid out because the waiting list is is years long to get into a magnet school. Why? Because the 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 uh, teachers union fights them. To start these schools, they won't let them. They always lobbying against them, getting laws against them, make it hard for them. No, they'll take money and and go get a law passed behind your back before you know it's being passed. You got me, and before you know it, you 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 have to jump through so many hoops to start a charter school. It's not like it used to be. Used to be fairly easy, but they see them pulling the people that they're trying to influence out of school. So we're going to pray for protection against persecution because that's really what it is. Children, the families being persecuted, it's being torn apart. I was reading this before I came in. In Cuba, it says new law restricts Christian parents. Following a September uh, 2022 referendum, an extensive new family code came into effect in Cuba In January of this year, the new code abolished the concept of parental custody. Instead of assigning parents responsibility for raising children according to the Cuban government social, uh, in, in, instead assigning parents responsibility for raising children according to Cubans government socialist ideology. Frontline workers report that this legal change essentially makes Cuban children wards of the government and denies parents the right to raise their children in the Christian faith. Christian leaders are concerned, really, that the law will see this is late to the party. See, whoever's minding things in the realm of the spirit should have known it was coming, been able to head it off at least to a certain degree or warn parents that it, it was something they needed to be aware of. Churches and individual Christians in Cuba face unrelenting pressure from the government, which remains committed to communism's atheistic ideology and views, views churches as a threat to the revolutionary begin began by Castro. That's been in the 1950s. That communist devil has been holding on to that country for all of these years. Church buildings are routinely seized and demolished. Pastors and other church leaders are harassed and arrested. Christians are often denied jobs and educational opportunities. Still believers continue to meet in illegal house churches. So here we got illegal churches again. They just had them in Canada during COVID. Watch this, this COVID stuff in this pandemic nonsense. Because every time they start throwing that word around, they take more and more freedom from people. You know, a quarantine is when you keep sick people in away from healthy people. When you keep healthy people in, what is that? That's what I thought. It's called false imprisonment. It's always for your own good. I mean, seriously, Hitler said that. They always tell you, it's for your own good. We're doing this for your own good. Everything's for you. Turn your guns in for your own good. We have shooters run around in schools. Then when they finally shoot them down or something, they don't want to tell you what they've been talking about or they never let you know whether or not these children were on any kind of psych altering drugs last one that shot up somebody at their christian school was on puberty blockers you got me drugging children using them as pawns to get control over society That's not a conspiracy. When it's a conspiracy theory, you don't have evidence. we got evidence now. So it's not a theory anymore. So we're going to pray, and we're going to pray protection over God's people. We're going to cause God to move and get rid of these crazy laws. You know, people in Cuba should be, Christians everywhere should be free to worship God without government interference, and we're going to pray these things down. And command the devil to let go of these people, Pharaoh, because they don't belong to you. Amen. They belong to God. So Father, we thank you. We bless you and we praise you. You're the God of all flesh. Nothing's too hard for you. Father, we thank you that, that we have forgiveness of sins and we ask you to forgive our sins. Cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Here we are, Lord. We have been purged. Our sins are forgiven and, and you, we say send us and send us, Father, into the realm of the spirit so that we can intercede and we can pull down these false ideas, pull down these illegal governments that keep people from serving you. And, Lord, we thank you for protection against persecution. We ask you for protection for the Cuban Christians. We thank you for protection for Christians in this country, for Christians worldwide, Lord. We thank you for that, that we submit to you, resist the devil, and, devil, you must flee. Devil, you you must flee from us seven ways. Vengeance belongs to you, O God, and we resist retaliation against our accusers. We are serving you, and why do the heathen rage and the people imagine a vain thing? You who sit in the heavens are laughing. Behold their threatening and stretch forth your hand to heal, O God. Do signs and wonders in the name of Jesus. I declare that the way of the ungodly will perish. Let the ungodly fall by their own counsels. Lord, we thank you to judge the people. Judge us, O Lord, according to our integrity that's in us. Let the mischief of all spiritual forces who persecute us return upon their own heads. Keep us as the apple of the eye. Hide us under the shadow of your wings. Thank you for attaching our hands to war so that the bow of steel is broken in our arms. Thank you that you have given us the necks of our enemies and shut the mouths of the lions that roar their lies against us. And their threats against us and cause the tongue of wicked persecutors to cleave to the roof of their mouth and stop the pointing of the finger against your servant. Stop those who point the finger against us without a cause who hate us. And Lord, we know that it's nothing for you to help. Help us, O oh Lord. This isn't a big thing for you. Save us according to your mercy. Let our hands prosper and prevail against our enemies. But the Lord is with us as a mighty, terrible one, and therefore our persecutors shall stumble. They will not prevail. They shall be greatly ashamed, and they will never prosper, and their everlasting confusion shall never be forgotten. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, and amen again. Praise God. Father, let your word come to pass in all the situations we pray for. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And amen again. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Amen. Why don't we do our declaration? I don't have Rona and she don't have me. I can't get Rona and she can't get me. And I don't have and You name whatever it is you're fighting with. High blood pressure, diabetes, heart disease, thyroid disease. Illness in the mind, and the soul, all of that. And it doesn't have us. We're free. And we thank you, Father. And by the stripes of your son, Jesus, we are healed. Amen. Amen and amen and amen again. It's so decreed. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. Amen.